one of these microphones. My name is Ellie Taylor. I have been stressed out here lately. One, due to my hearing, I can't hear people at work. That will be fixed. I'm getting a hear, hearing fitted for hearing aids this week, so I'll be able to hear the music and the preaching a lot better than I am now. Uh, I got new glasses so I can see well. I have a couple of friends who are getting married, and I'm happy. Although I'm happy for them, I'm a little jealous because I feel like I'm the only one that's being left out. I need to uh, stop being jealous and just be happy for them because they're good people and they deserve a wonderful life. And if y'all could help me just say, hey, you know, if let go, let God, that would be great because um, I'm hard on myself. I'm trying to find somebody, and I need to just let go and let God. If it weren't for Dr. Lockhart, my doctor, and, doc and Beverly, my psychiatrist, who helped me out with all my mental stress, I wouldn't be up here today sharing with you all. Thank you. Okay. When Ellie seats, gets herself in a place, some of you ladies, would you just gather around her and pray for her right now? Just right around, pray for the things that she has mentioned. Right? Just go ahead and do that while someone else comes and shares. Good morning, I'm Wayne, and uh, you know, I've come to you a couple of times this year to ask you to pray on behalf of the elders, and we have certainly felt your prayers. Um, one of those uh, times we asked you to pray for us, we, uh, we kind of found focus and meaning and, you know, re-examining re who we are as elders, and we came up with that we need to care, feed, lead, uh, pray, and protect as uh, elders of the Fellowship Bible Church. And as John mentioned earlier, uh, in East Asia, uh, needing elders for the church. We're in the season of uh, time right now. Where we're looking for more leaders of Fellowship Bible Church. So I'd ask you this morning, if you pray for us as we seek out godly men who can lead as elders and who can lead as deacons and lead us into the next season of life here at Fellowship Bible Church as we uh, look for a new pastor. So we're in that season, and we'd ask that you pray for us and, and pray for these guys that we're talking to and that we're asking that they'd have receptive hearts and uh, see it as a call from, you know, God wants me to do more and God wants me to be more and God will provide me the, the strength and the ability, uh, even though I don't necessarily feel it. So we appreciate your prayers in the past and appreciate your prayers in the future. Thanks. All right, Wayne, you're chairman of our elders. And though you've asked all of us to pray, would you go ahead and lead a prayer that God will raise up in this church, the leaders, elders, deacons, Bible study teachers that we need? Lord, um, I, I know it myself, I have said many times, um, why me? Um, why should I serve or, or why? Uh, because I'm not qualified. I, I don't feel uh, I have the, uh, the knowledge, the uh, strength, the ability, but Lord, 
you you have spoken to my life and then the men of others here and um you've given us that ability you've given us that strength you've given us the wisdom when we need it and i pray that you to provide this insight to the guys that we're talking to now and that we're inviting that is it's not up to them it's up to you lord and just provide uh the folks and the people that uh, you need for fellowship bible church to move forward and uh and to continue to grow and to continue to be uh, a blessing in this community. Uh, we want to uh, serve you. We want to honor you. We want to uh, do all that we can to lead other people to your to your throne of grace and uh, your throne of mercy. And uh, just pray that you'd bless and guide us in these efforts. Um, please uh, give us grace in the eyes of uh, those that we uh, ask that they'll accept the invitation and, and step up and be leaders here at Fellowship Bible Church. We love you and we praise you and we, we thank for all the things that you're doing here and all the things that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I'm Carol Rimple, and I just want to say thank you for two or three things. First of all, all those who volunteered for the VBS that we had and for the impact that it made on those kids. Amongst those kids were our newest grands and their neighbor boys. And uh, last year we saw um, a precious granddaughter of one of my best friends come to know the Lord through VBS. Amen. So it's always a really special time and yeah. I'm grateful for that. I'm also grateful for our staff that have hung in there. It has been a rough three years, John, you're right. Things are different, but we've had some excellent leadership and I'm especially grateful for Pastor Sam has stepped in with his organizational skills and it's made a big difference. Thank you, amen, amen, amen. So the theme of these last weeks in Nehemiah's Rise Up and Build. We quoted this morning, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Have you ever considered what that actually means? This is the day the Lord has made. Have you considered what it takes to make a day? You have to create space-time. You have to create quantum mechanics. You have to create... Einsteinian relativity, chemistry, all that. And so if, you know, Jesus said, you know, upon this rock, I will build my church. It's Jesus's job to build the church. He has created a day. And so if he's creating the church and he's building the church, the great thing about what we can do is we can be part of that. He wants us to be part of that. But let's always remember, he's the one who builds the church. And let's do what we can to please our Lord. Amen. Amen. Good morning. My name is Carol Ortiz. I come from Honduras. I've been living here since April. 
And the Lord has done so many good things in our lives. The, I said our lives because my family is included in it. And all the praises to him. I'm a cancer survivor. My mother died in January. I have no cancer anymore. God free me of that. Yes. May the glory be to him. <clears throat> My mother died in January, and that brought our family even closer than we were before, or we thought we were. I think now we are very close. My dad is here in Longview, and we're going to be living here. And he has been great all the things that I've been learning in the church, all, all the things about Nehemiah, it has taught us that we are in the right path, that we just have to continue and let the Lord take control of everything that we're doing. So, praise the Lord for that. Gracias, hermana. Gracias. So I want to encourage you um, that, that God is using his word to even continue to grow your pastors. We haven't arrived anything. Um, one of the things we do as a worship ministry team, every rehearsal is we review the passage that will be preached the coming week. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe for you as well, this is one of the first times in my life as a Christian where it hasn't been about a building project when we've gone through Nehemiah. And I, we say we kind of joked about that early on, but... It, it gives fresh eyes and different eyes. And, you know, when we as a, a worship ministry team were reviewing the, the passage, chapter 9, with the confession, there was something that, that, that as we use each other and we hear from each other that, I, I hate to embarrass him, that, that our, my brother Mark here uh, mentioned, Mark Adele here, uh, he, it was a question about your kind of curiousness about praying for the sins of our fathers, now, I know that has a different picture now, but it, 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 that has been, fest thank you, Mark, for that, because that has been festering with me. Not only, like, what does it look like understanding the sins of my father, my earthly father, and, and while he's responsible to seek God for forgiveness of those, it's, it's allowed me to recognize, to name those things in, in a healing way and say, God, help me have eyes of grace for, for my earthly dad because of the encouragement of my brother here, but also this sense of like, what kind of man do I want to be for my eight-year-old son? And, and how is this word, God, how are you using this? Will you be the kind of God who remembers my prayers like you remembered Nehemiah to serve and bless my son? So his prayers for me are, are prayers of gratitude and, and praise for, for hopefully, uh, and not prayers of seeking God's forgiveness for the sins of his father. So um, yeah, God is using, using these words, using you to grow your pastors as well. So thank you, Mark. Again, I'm sorry to embarrass you, um, but I really do appreciate that. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been a good word. Nehemiah 9. So I have a kind of, uh, I'm going to say it's a miracle. It's a God story. Uh, all God stories are miracles, right? Uh, just the fact that I'm up here breathing is a miracle always. But I started the month in a deficit, financial deficit. And the deficit was large enough that I did all my numbers and the end of the year wasn't looking good. <laughs> and this is only mid-year, right? So I was like, okay, I've got a road trip coming up that's been planned for a year. 
I want to provide gas money. I want to provide food money for my family because it's a whole family gathering. And I was like, okay, Lord, I just won't eat, <laughs> right? I mean, you know, where are you going to cut? Uh, <laughs> and so I said, I'll just go through my pantry and I'll go through my freezer because goodness knows I can cook and I can make meals out of nothing. That's okay. And God, you are a something out of nothing God. So let's just do this. So I got up <laughs> about the second weekend and I was just longing for something fresh, right? I mean, you know, I'd been to the dead salad aisle and bought a salad packet, you know, <laughs> bought four heads of dead lettuce for $1.50 and that was really good, but I just wanted some more fresh. So I got up that morning, it was farmer's market morning. I always go to farmer's market. I always buy myself a sweet roll. I'm, I'm a treat girl, I like treats. I treat myself well through the Lord's provision. Uh, and so I said, Lord, keep me from the sweet rolls. But if I could just have one peach and one squash, I would just love that. And when the peach guys aren't there, I said, okay, Lord, no squash. Okay, Lord, free sweet roll at my favorite solo bread company. They never give free sweet rolls, y'all. They never, ever have a sample. I walked up, I said, you girls don't know me, different counter girls. I said, I always buy one here. I'm gonna take a sample, but I'm not gonna buy a sweet. I'm not gonna buy a sweet. Well, they have like five different kinds and I always buy this one. She goes, just a minute, ma'am. And she goes back, gets my favorite, puts it in a bag and hands me the sample in that. Like, oh my gosh, Lord. I'm weeping, she's wondering. I'm telling the story of good God. She's a, an, an, she's a Christian, she acknowledges. It's all great, and I walk away. I said, Lord, thank you. It, wasn't a, it was beyond what I can imagine, right? So I go to a friend's house. She's a young woman I helped a few years ago. She is now married, she wanted to show me her new house, and I leave, and there's a produce stand, and they have peaches and squash. And so I stop, and he goes, want a watermelon? And I said, how much? He goes, $10. I said, mm, I don't have it. How much are your peaches? $10. Yeah, I'm sorry, I can't. How much for one peach and one squash? And he says, hang on. And he starts filling a bag. And the bag has potatoes, and it has a jalapeno, and it has peaches, and it has squash. And I said, oh, no, no, no. And he passes a watermelon to me, and it falls on the ground and splits flat open. It's gorgeous. I'm like, I'll take it. It's fine. It's, I got it. I can eat it. It's no problem. It doesn't have too much dirt. I'm not scared of dirt. I was made from it. It's fine. And he <laughs> says, no, no, I'll feed it to my pigs. And he hands the woman working there one and then hands me the bag. And we go off to the car, and I'm saying to her, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. I prayed for her, and I gave her my story, and she's a believer. So she starts acknowledging God and how kind he is, and this is getting even more exciting, and I'm weeping again. You know, who wore mascara that day? Me. Oh, no. And so anyhow, <laughs> my, my van door opens. The two men walk over. Two pork steaks, ham hocks. I left with enough vegetables to feed my elderly fam neighbors because great, you know, he blessed me greatly freely and I'm gonna freely give. A whole bunch of people ate that day. Praise be to God. Amen, amen. 
My name's uh, David Fisher, and I just got back from Buffalo, New York, and um, had a great time up there showing the overwhelming, outrageous, generous love of God to a lot of hurting people. And while I was there, I had the opportunity to do a devotion. And when you're speaking just like this to the family of God, it's, it's just kind of overwhelming because you're really preaching to the choir, so to speak. So I just I begged on the Lord to give me a word. And he gave me a word. Strangely, it's about a remote control. So we all have a remote control. And aren't they wonderful? You're watching sports event, you know, anything that's recorded. You're watching it. Something comes up. You want to go to the bathroom. You want to grab something to eat. What do you do? You hit the pause. You go do what you need to do. And you come back. You hit play and resume. Pick up right where you left off. The correlation was Jesus. Left glory, created in the fullness of image of God, came down to kind of take care of business on our behalf. He hit the pause of eternal glory and came to earth and served us to the point of death so that we could serve him fully, more completely. So the people that I was speaking to, um, I was able to share that you had your life and everything was going and you were in fully engaged into everything that you were doing. And for the glory of God, for the sake of those who are hurting, you hit the pause on the comforts of your life and you came to serve, to love and serve. And so, I mean, I'm looking at John and Jess, they hit the pause on this luxurious life in America to go and serve. Nehemiah, oh my goodness, he's living in a palace. He hits the pause, and he goes and serves God in an amazing way. You know, I can't remember in this moment whether he ever made it back to the palace, but if he didn't, he sure lived a good life. But you and I are called, I'm going to say every day, to hit the pause, to allow God to interrupt my schedule, my path, the direction I'm going, and divert me. I'm going to say, to a higher calling in the moment. So my prayer is that you and I will be sensitive to the Spirit of God wherever we're going, while we're going, wherever we're going. Allow the Spirit of God to interrupt us, hit the pause, deal with, take care of the business that God puts in our lives. And oh my goodness, the glory we have, the stories we get to share for just being willing to hit the pause like Jesus hit the pause. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Hi there. Um, if you don't know me, I'm Amanda Cronin. I'm Pastor John's wife, and um, I'm terrified of Jenny and her bell, so I've been sitting there trying <laughs> to collect my thoughts so that this can come out in uh, a cohesive way concise way. Um, so obviously as a church, I'll say you all because we are obviously fairly new uh, transplants into this culture. As a church, you all and we all are um, very appropriately in this season where we're called to rise up and build. But um, I've also through this sermon series kind of found that more, um, even more personally 
appropriate as we are new here, we're, we're building a new life here and trying to figure out what that is going to look like. Um, and I think most of you are aware, and um, my stunning hairstyle sort of gives it away, but I've, I've been going through cancer treatment as well and um, am in a season where that's looking really good. And so I kind of feel like the Lord has given me a new opportunity to sort of rise up and build. And so I say all that to say, <clears throat> What has been convicting to me um, and challenging to me from our, our Nehemiah um, sermon series is, first of all, that Nehemiah was deeply a man of prayer. It just, every time it struck me how much he prayed before he acted. And so I have all of these potential things that I can be doing with my time now. Um, I'm, my kids are about to start school, and for the first time in, like, my adult life, I'm going to have time at home without kids. And like, there's so many ways that I could fill that time, but I need to be so careful and I want to be so prayerful about that. Um, and so that's one example that, that stood out to me. And then um, the second thing is just how easy it is, even whenever you find yourself in a, in a place where you are deeply seeking the Lord and saying, yes, God, I want to be about what you are about. I want to do the things that you're calling me to do. You know, we saw that in, in the, the, the people who were coming back into Jerusalem. They, they were convicted of sin. They said, yes, God, we're going to be about the things that you're about. And then how quickly and how easily sin was just able to creep in. And that whole thing that we talked about last week with Tobiah living in the town, like, what was that about? <laughs> like, how, how did that happen? Um, and I, I think that it's so important for us to be on guard and to watch um, watch for the sneaky little things that can come in and, and take root in our lives and allow us to just lose track of where God is calling us. So those are the things that are convicting to me. I wanted to share that. Hopefully it's encouraging for you. Thank you for not ringing the bell. <laughs> okay, my name is Aaron May. I know quite a few of you... Um, been, my wife and I have been going here for uh, almost 11 years now. Um, I've really enjoyed uh, what we've gone through in this Nehemiah series. One, because um, especially chapter 9, as you talked about, John, um, I think sometimes, I'm trying to think of a way to say this. It's easy when you write it on paper, but it's hard when you're standing in front of a crowd. Um, Sometimes we get to the point in, in our Christian faith that um, we feel like we're beyond a certain level of foundation. We, with the, the title Rise, Rise Up and Build makes me think of, of, of a construction project. The first thing that goes into a construction project is the foundation. The foundation must be strong enough for you to build on. If we don't focus on the foundation and we start building beyond that, without a firm foundation, then we're, it, or we can fall. And for me, the foundation of what it means to be a Christian comes back to the work that Christ did on the cross. And I feel like sometimes we get to the point where we're, we're diving so deep into certain passages, which I love, but we have to realize, John, you mentioned it in your sermon, that you know, there's people in this room who may not know the gospel. They may not have a foundation to build on, and we need to realize that there's those people here, and we need to build a foundation that they can firmly believe in. For me, it's so 
hard sometimes to think about what Christ did for me on the cross. It was more than just being beaten up by the Jews. It was more than just being nailed to a tree by the Romans. It was more than just having a spear stuck in his side and a crown placed on his head. It was the wrath of God that was destined for me that he drank in the Garden of Gethsemane. It was the it was that that I was destined for, that every single one of us, apart from Christ, is destined for hell. That is the foundation of what Jesus came for. And everything else, apart from Jesus, is meaningless. And so to me, that, that's a foundation that there's some in this room that you might not know that foundation. You might not know the heart of what Jesus actually did for us. And when Jesus came, the first words he said in his ministry was repent and believe. That is what it means to come to Christ. It's a firm belief that Jesus is the son of God, that he died for our sins, and that Jesus is the one who paid the way that we can now grow our foundation and grow our knowledge and sanctification through him, but it starts with that foundation. And my notes didn't come out anything like what's actually come out of my mouth, but <laughs> this is what I wanted to, this is what's been burning in my heart. What God's been doing in me is creating a hunger for knowledge of that salvation, knowledge of that foundation that we can build on. And I feel like I love this Nehemiah series because we went to the foundation. We went through how the temple fell. We went through how the temple was rebuilt, and we went through the lifestyle change that the people confessed and then celebrated in that new covenant. That new covenant to us right now is Jesus. If it's apart from Jesus, nothing else matters. Thank you, guys. Amen. Amen. Hi, my name is Ray Nation. I've been here 21 years, um, and I'm thinking of Rise Up and Build. It may not be Ray. I'm thinking of Raise Up and Build. Um, I raised my daughter in this church. I've been in two small groups. I'm really here to give a shout out for that um, aspect to build a foundation. Um, I've been in two small groups, and they have been closer than family. I spent a week with my daughter this last week. She um, had her second baby. And I got to watch the spacious and gracious land that we built in these small groups in her home. Woman after woman walked into her home and she held this space that she learned from each of those women at um, the small groups. And she has all their numbers. You guys know her. <laughs> She's called you many times. But through thick and thin, through the um, ups, the downs, the messy, the shiny, um, through life and death. We've, we've held each other. We've held space. We've loved the gospel, right? Gospel is love. And so I just want to shout out, like, as you rise up and build, you're, if you have littles, you're raising up and building. The last thing I thought was that these small groups are going to be reflected in my child and how she loves. Her whole block is family to her, and it's just unique to watch and see her child um, pass on that spacious and gracious love abundantly, profusely, till midnight with a newborn in her arms. So 
I just want to thank each of you that have invested in her and me. You've raised up and built me. So um, if you're not in a small group, highly recommend it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hi, my name's Nancy Eason. I've been here many years, uh, and my life has changed immensely since I've been here, and this has been a good, firm foundation for me uh, because of life changes, and life continues to change. Um, I lost my husband uh, 48 years. I lost him six years ago, and, you know, your life changes. Your friends change. Uh, your circumstances change. I just want to say, though, that I spend an hour with the Lord every morning out on my porch, and he reminds me always that he is enough, whatever the circumstances. No matter what your life is changing, because we can't stop the changes in our life, but I know he's enough. And I just encourage all those who growing, who are going through life changes. He's always there. He's always enough. Amen. Amen. My name is Casey, and I really wasn't planning on sharing today, so it's a little off the cuff. Um, but... We bought some land, a few acres, uh, back in November, and we've been building on it. And so the whole process reminds me of our series in Nehemiah. And, you know, we had to, it started with raw land, so you're clearing trees, there's bulldozers and excavators and all kinds of different things. We have a four-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. Well, we moved out there um, at the end of March, and we were thinking our house would be done in June, and the house will probably not be done until mid-October, and we're living in our camper. And what God has done is he has given immense opportunities every single day to show the fruits of the Spirit, opportunities to show the fruits of the Spirit, which I fail at most of the time, but afterwards I can look back and see, oh, that's what was going on there, or, oh, this is what we could have done better, and we move forward. We've, um, our Sunday school class teacher often talks about how he was raised where, you know, his family didn't accept help from people. There was very much do-it-yourself, and that's how my family was, and we could not do this ourselves. and the Lord showed us that, took away that pride, and brought in so many people from the church the Lord used to help us and and just extend his grace through through you all and that's been amazing building this fence in the heat with a one-year-old on your back you have to give him the screwdriver because he wants a tool too and he's stabbing you and it's hot and you're frustrated and you've got little girls that are you know making messes or running towards the road and it's you're learning patience persistence. There were weeks that we said, it's too hot. We did nothing. 
It was it's too hot. We're sitting in the camper, miserable, because the camper's hot too. AC can't keep up. And my husband finally said, no, basically, you know, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it, and we can do it. And so we, you know, the Lord gave us a different mindset, and we pushed through perseverance, character. Um, my girls collect eggs, and sometimes they break them, and it's like, Oh, you know, be more careful. And I think to myself, one of my other little girls said, it's just a mistake. And I said, you're right. It is just a mistake. And I'm so sorry. And I said, well, it was a mistake when daddy let the horse out too. <laughs> girls, I apologize for yelling at daddy when daddy got home. I apologize. And it's teaching you grace. It's, te it's opportunities. And so I just think this whole series on Nehemiah correlates with our life right now, and I see God using it in every way to grow the fruits of the Spirit in our family. Well, next week we launch a brand new series. It's just going to be six weeks. Um, Jesus asked over 300 questions in the Gospels. And we're going to take six of those questions that Jesus asked, try to get us into the fall. This is going to be a series that I hope you'll leverage, exploit it, take advantage of it, to invite someone with you as we look at six questions that Jesus asked. And I ask you to pray for us. Jenny, thank you for not ringing the bell after my preaching. appreciate that so very much, but thank you for being available, um, serving us this morning. Really appreciate it. Would you stand with me, please? John, come up and get us started on the right note, but we're going to sing what's called the doxology. Hope you'll join with us as we sing, and with this, we'll be dismissed. The prayer team will be here at the front. If we can pray for you about anything, we would love to do that. Is right about here. Praise God from Just a reminder, if you're looking for an area to rise up and build, and maybe you're like, I don't know how to get involved, but I know I need to do something. We have current service opportunities listed by every ministry that currently has specific needs that you can jump into right here out of these doors at the service desk. Please jump into that. We will see you otherwise next week with our potluck, with our blood drive, with our fellowship and worship to our living God, Lord willing. Have a great week.